Welcome to the Short Rod Show. You're talking with Ben. And you got Brett. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're cranking out episodes here. I'm down in the studio, and Brett's over in his studio today. I'm down in the original studio. Uh, converted kid's toy room now. There you go. Yep. Recording so yeah, among the be. toys. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. We've never done one where we're not together, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I think we got we we pretty much know how things roll. We got a pretty good yeah. flow going most of the time. Yeah, um, I think so. And it always helps when we just kind of have a mismatch of stuff to talk about, just kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's definitely what this one will be about. Uh, a little bit of everything here to start off, and maybe hit on a few little topics, and then uh, wrap her up, and hopefully get out and do some fishing. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. So, kind of right in the the heart of the ice season right now. I feel like. You know, it's getting more towards that midwinter pattern here uh, where we're fishing at, and fishing's definitely getting a little tougher. Um, oh, so, yeah, yeah we got got a little bit of everything to chat on today. Uh, but, yeah, if you guys haven't already, go check us out over on YouTube. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, that really helps out a lot. If you're looking to support the channel, um, yep. check out our merchandise, too. We got stickers. Everybody loves stickers. Um, that all helps keep the podcast running. I know we don't we don't ask for too much. We don't plug us plug ourselves a whole lot, but uh, definitely wanted to to get that over to you guys, especially since we have so many new listeners this this season. It's been yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's been that's been pretty awesome actually hearing from all the new listeners and even hearing from old listeners that you know still chime in and follow along and give us their two cents. Uh, it's a lot of fun to interact with those folks. Yeah, absolutely, and we. Man, the inbox has been full this week. Yeah, it's been <laughs> yeah. We've been getting blown up, and we appreciate all the all the comments and kind words and just cool cool fishing chat that we've been getting, uh, yeah, emails nobody, and yeah. and messages. Nobody's told us that we suck yet, and that they can't bear to listen to us. So, I think yeah. we're doing all right. I think that filter I set up where that sends those right to spam has been working pretty good. Yeah, I do get one of those moderator filters every so often. You know. <laughs> exactly, but usually. <laughs> Chinese is usually the writing. Yep, yep, looking for a date. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, uh, Seth sent us a cool email. Um, said, great show, getting back into ice fishing now that his kids are get, getting a little bit older. That's that's pretty sweet. Um, you know, hopefully we're going to keep keep the ice fishing rolling, I would think, all the way through uh, and not have to give it up when our kids are a little older. Hopefully they'll get. Hopefully we'll be able to get back more into it again. Get I into like it a little more, yeah. I'm on the outs right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it can only get better. And then uh, Mike's email from, like you said, from his work email, that's great. He's just, (laughs) you can just tell he's just sitting at his desk just itching to talk about ice fishing. Yep, yeah, I really enjoy that when we get ones from folks' work work emails. That was pretty cool. Talking about uh, our upcoming trip to the Mississippi, that's going to be, that's going to be, man, just something. I'm really, really pumped about it. Um, We're doing some more planning all the time. Trying to make sure we got everything lined up, have a good yep. good amount of gear, good group of guys, uh, and then hopefully the fishing all falls into place too. We can catch some of that uh, live action for you guys. That's what we're all about. So that'll be pretty cool. But yeah, what else? Uh, what else are we talking about here in our little well let's montage? Let's a little bit here. on uh, what we got out on Saturday or on Sunday. Oh on man, I thought uh, I thought we were just gonna skip over that. Yeah, it was tough. Man, it was uh, it tough. Seems, so, you know, we started out the ice season. 
it was late, but beautiful ice conditions. I mean, six to eight inches, black, clear ice. Everything was sweet. Fishing was awesome. And then we got dumped on with what, a foot of snow in like a day. And at least for us here in town, I haven't fished any big water since we got all this snow, but uh, ponds, it's been pretty tough mm-hmm. uh, since we've got all this snow. And Sunday was no different. Uh, got out on one pond I thought was going to be a little bit of a perch bite, and that was a bust. Uh, that was yeah. kind of a walk also to get out there. So. Yeah, there's pretty good drifts, and just it yeah. is it was cool finding the access. It makes more sense now. Yeah. Um, how to, how to access that, but, uh, it, give it a few years. It's one of those ponds. It's, it'll be an up and comer. Yep. Yep. It needs a little Definitely. bit of time, but then, uh, went and checked out a little marsh spot that I'd been scoping out for a while. And I was like, man, we just need to get out there and try it. So after we kind of licked our wounds at the first spot and went and got lunch, uh, ran out to this other pond. Uh, yeah, there was a reason there were no other holes out there. Man, if, well, I think the deepest spot we found was about six inches. Yeah, six inches of water. You know, eight, eight, ten inches of ice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know people catch fish out there open water, so there has to be some sort of like hole or something out there that they're surviving in. They're, I mean, maybe they, I'm sure they could survive in six inches of water. I guess, but I don't know. There just I didn't seem like to be many signs of life or any kind of you know. There's there's no signs of that deep hole. If there's something, no, it's, I mean, you, it's hard to tell and read it all, but, yep. and of course there's no maps to it or anything. You, yeah. Flying blind, just drilling. Yeah. So, yep. so yeah, then we hop to the, uh, to the catfish hole. Yep. Equally as difficult there. Like, Absolutely. Before the snow, you could at least just count on hammering bluegills. But this time, I mean, you couldn't hardly even find the bluegills. It was, it was tough. Yep. And there was just a few few tight schools roaming around, and uh, you had to be on there and ready for them in about 30 seconds. If you if you weren't ready for them, they were gone, and you weren't catching nothing. You weren't even going to see a fish for another half an hour until the Yeah, and, and I feel like on that bite, it was just, it was real tough no matter what you were fishing with. We kind of we yeah. ran a good spread, I feel like. Three guys, yeah. three different kinds of baits, um, fishing around the same area. And, yeah, you could see them come through, and they were just not interested no they Um, just kept cruising almost so you you talk about some of the reasons why that might be uh one thing i thought of for sure was just fishing pressure um that spot we were on definitely had some people in between there when we were there the the time before yeah you know it definitely got a little bit more action to it than than normal i'd say not quite the secret honey hole that i thought it was (laughs) Dang it, the secret's out. We didn't even call yeah, it out. Or the community, honey. There you go. what it seemed, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how it goes. You never know. That's part of the, yeah. the challenge of urban fishing, too, is breaking down a bite that changes all the time. That's why they call it fishing and not catching. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, like, yeah, it was... Well, what do you keep... What is your motto there, Ben? It's, it's, it's just good to be out. Man, I said, nice that, out. I said that probably three, four times. <laughs> it still didn't help. Nope, didn't help. And then uh, <laughs> it what did help, though, is get the old phone trick. Getting on your phone, making sure, yep. go check your Facebook, pull your phone up, you know, make sure everything's good. And then... Text your wife. Yep, fish would come around, and didn't matter. They then just, you'd miss them because you were on your phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Yeah, well, it was pretty cool. It's still, like I said, nice to be out. 
It was actually a really nice day. I mean, it wasn't too bad ever. Nope. Uh, knowing what we know now, we should have just posted up there in the shack and had a good old time. And well, knowing what we know now, we should have stayed at a Yankee Clipper and had another bucket of beers. There you go. Yep, that was quite the uh, quite the deal. But hey, not too bad for a Sunday. Beats sitting around at home. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that is that is definitely for sure. Yep, but. And we didn't break anything. We did uh, get a little experience with the pistol bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that pistol bit. I don't know. I wasn't terribly impressed, but. I think it ran pretty good on your drill. It definitely. It ran well, but it's still, it's still, I mean, I granted they're, I know, I understand they're, they're different style blades, but like the Strike Master auger almost like pulls you through the ice. It does. There's no With pressure pistol, required. You still kind of needed to work on it. Yep. A little bit to get it to go, but. And it definitely did not cut as fast. Eh, I, I mean, don't know. They're still, they're still kind of shaver blade type blades. They're not like the chipper blades, so they need to be cutting fast. So, what do you mean you don't know? There ain't no way no, that thing cut as fast see, as See, it's, not a, it's not a fair comparison. That's Why is what I'm that? saying. Why is that? So originally Sean started with a, a brushed Milwaukee drill. Yeah, that thing And that did not have enough oomph to, to keep keep it running. Eight-inch pistol bit, right? Through. I mean, mine's a brushed. It's mice. Yeah, D-wall. so then... Your your drill on the pistol bit did much better. Oh yeah, it wasn't stalling out or anything. But really, we need to do a accurate comparison with a brushless drill, something that's got plenty of speed and power. So yeah, I suppose that's what Sean picked up today. He got the the even newer drill than than the Mac Daddy nine nine six Dewalt. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know they had another one yet. They do. Oh. They have the it's a Power Detect nine nine nine. What's so power detect mean? It, if you run it on a flex volt battery, supposedly it has more juice. They all have more juice with a flex volt battery. Uh, I don't know. This might be just a marketing deal. Might be a might be something. I don't know. Seems like a marketing. We deal. need we need to get a round two out there. Same deal with the power stack battery. Try it out. You saw that how that turned out on a project farm. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, I was very disappointed. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, they're going to be sweet. They are. They do pretty good for their size but they, they don't have any size to them yeah basically not enough capacity yep not yet anyway yeah they're they're working on it but yeah, yeah that that pistol bit just you did have to push down a good amount to get it to kind of had to work it really drill so yep so i don't i'm not gonna be getting rid of mine the only thing about that man that thing was light that is oh yeah it incredibly was light, yeah. light so i get it that you know that's that was pretty sweet Especially if you'd been used to hauling around a gas auger all the time. Oh, absolutely. That'd blow you away. Uh, met a couple guys over on a pond yesterday. Uh, I got out for just a little bit, and they were running the old um, Strike Master Chipper Blade Solo two-stroke yeah, auger. That's what I had. Heck, yeah. It looked. It might have been the one you had. I mean, no, it looked the same it vintage. The one I had went to Council Bluffs. Yep. And they just had a little can of gas in the back of their pickup. That's all you need. True fuel? Oh, heck no. Oh, geez. They got a two-gallon red gas can that looked 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> they probably had to pull start that thing a couple times. <laughs> and it was cold yesterday. Well, that'll warm you up. Dang. That was the one thing about the gas augers, that you were good and warm after you got done punching some holes. Yep. Especially if you point the exhaust right at your neck. It warms <laughs> you right up. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but. that's pretty cool. And then, no, uh, then. yeah. Oh, go for it, Ben. Well, I was going to chat a little bit. My Markham is actually on its way back to me now. 
Yeah, uh, that's what I was so, going to bring up. Oh, sweet. So if you guys were, were following along the last couple weeks, I shipped my Markham LX6 in for repair. What uh, year is that? What year was 2012. that? 2012. 2012. So it's got a few few miles on it, but... Yep, and it's you'd like to see it at least double its age before you had to send it in to get yeah. work done. Yeah, and it's been pretty trouble free, but yeah, like you said, that's that's one of the main draws of the electronic unit was back in the, back in that time. I mean, everything else was brushed; it was all brushed yep. motors, everything. Um, so this was the option. It was like, okay, if I get this, it's got screen, n- no moving parts, like should be good for a long time. Um, it's a flat hundred and forty dollar fee to send into Markham and they recommend you send in just your unit and your transducer so they can test it all out, whatever. Uh, I left a little note in there that said, Hey, the unit won't detect any kind of bottom. Can't get any kind of return. It makes noise like the transducer is working, but whatever it doesn't, doesn't work. Yep. And I think that was last Monday. So this is like a week and a half now. That's pretty good turnaround that it's, it's on its way back. So yeah, not too bad. And that, yeah. that's kind of, that's good. Cause middle of the season like this, I'm sure they're just swamped with stuff. Yeah. Oh, People yeah. breaking stuff. But, uh, so for $140, they'll fix whatever's wrong. Doesn't matter what's broke. They'll return it back to you. Whatever. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All they did was replace the resistor on the motherboard with a new wiring harness. That's what the notes say. Dang. So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it shows up and I got a new transducer too. We'll see. You think? I, I don't, I'm not holding Is there something out. wrong with your current transducer? Well, just, I've had transducers go bad before and yeah. they replaced them during the same time they were working on the, on the unit. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not holding out. Who knows these days, maybe they can't get transducers. I've heard <laughs> hummingbirds having troubles if you're trying to get a hummingbird transducer. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the Garmin one too, you can't find. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So, Some anyway, interesting. Boat. We'll see see how that turns out. I am excited to get it back, though. Yeah, hopefully get her working. Yeah, I noticed you didn't bring the Garmin out on Saturday. Nope. Nope, just fishing old school with the VX1. So you think you're going to, what, what's the what's the feeling on it then? You're a little mixed emotions on it, or? Yeah, I need to I need to fine-tune it some more. I got to do some more research on some of the settings and make sure it's actually getting set up right, because... People claim there's it. not a lot of lag when they run theirs, and I I don't know. Maybe I'm just too used to mechanical stuff, but there's a lot of lag on mine. Yeah, yours is way laggy. Like, yours is worse than what Brandon's uh, Helix 7 was a couple years back when we hooked that thing up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, just thing. that was just flat slow. This is, yeah. you know, com- the lag on your panoptics is maybe the same as what I'm seeing almost. Sure. You know, movement on the on the trans on the screen versus your your jig moving. Man, it's slow. Yep. So yeah, I need to do a little more. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really notice it on my Panoptics anymore. I noticed it when I first got it, but I don't. It don't. I don't know. Notice it anymore. But you could really notice it on yours, where I feel like there's a, there's got to be a speed setting or something that's not getting checked or something. Yeah, that maybe or, your uh, connector between the eight pin and the twelve pin or nine pin is wonky yeah because you got to have a yeah adapt it down kind of deal which i wouldn't yeah. think that do anything but you never know i don't know yeah i mean those other pins have to do something everyone else, else that i've seen doesn't really have any kind of lag problems online yeah. forums uh friend grandy has one not running anything any kind of lag all good so yeah 
Hopefully it's just a setting. Yeah, dang it. And That'd then, uh, so we, we've been talking the last, I don't know, year or two about heat options in the Otter, right? Yes. And so I bit the bullet. I got a diesel heater coming. We're going diesel, baby. Diesel. And <laughs> in order to make it the best experience for our listeners, here's here's my thought process on it. Everyone was, you know, you can go on Amazon, you can buy whatever name brand, you know, Chinese diesel heater, whatever. If if they're any better than other non-name brand ones, no one really knows. No, yeah. But uh, I went the cheapest of the cheap. I, <laughs> it, I literally found the cheapest one on eBay, uh, and it was $106 shipped. Dang. Shipped? Shipped to my Dang. door. So that that's that's gonna be real interesting to see what that baby looks like coming out of the box. <laughs> I find it very interesting also following some of that chat on like the trip your tra- or trick your trap Facebook stuff. Uh, every once in a while, maybe once a week, somebody will post that they put a diesel heater in their uh, otter or in their sled, and it's like the people that have diesel heaters are like, yeah, these things are sweet, and the people that don't have them are like. Oh, that's stupid. They're so noisy. I don't want diesel in this. I don't want that. Yep. But you have no idea. It's the people that have them already are like, yeah, they're, they're pretty legit. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize people are putting them in everything. Yeah. Um, so I have I joined a Chinese diesel heater forum page on Facebook, uh, and it's people all over the world using these little little things. And you, you get the ice fishermen, and, you know, that's kind of what we're tuned into, of course, trying to see what their ideas are and a lot of guys are actually mounting the diesel heater in their utv like in the back oh yeah and then that makes a lot of sense and then running a duct into their ice house so like you have it completely removed from your from your shelter i gotcha and then you just pipe in pipe in hot air off it and call it good that makes a lot of sense yeah so the only thing that doesn't is is the air intake You'd want that also probably in the ice house. That way you're not having to heat cold air all the time. Yeah, that's the problem that they're running into from what I can see. You it, you need to basically have some kind of recirculation because otherwise it's pulling in yep. negative five degree air, heating it constantly and then trying to I mean, to you're, really, you're realistically going to get that so hot by the time it goes through the, yeah. the heater. Yep. Where if you can already put in warm air into it, then you're really going to be pumping out some heat. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Uh, should show up here this week. I'll try and get a good a good video of uh, the unboxing, maybe. Uh, show sure. you guys what's in it. See what kind of quality we're dealing with. I've seen guys on the forum saying, tear it down right away. Make sure there's not parts missing inside. Like, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, if there's parts missing, like, the seller's supposed to give you, like, 10 or $20 back. So you can buy parts. Work. Oh, to go buy parts? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be. It's it. It feels like the sketchiest thing I bought on eBay, and it ships out of some warehouse in California. You nice, know, like just fresh off a container. Yep. Oh, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. They're pulling it probably maybe even out of a container. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. more more to come on that. Hopefully, uh, I can get it running. I do have some experience with the more expensive versions of these from my work, um, yep. from like Spar and Webasto the German ones that actually work right out of the box, no matter what. Did it give you, did they give you an estimate on runtime on like a, I don't know, a, a, a 
gallon of diesel or whatever. Oh man, a gallon of diesel, yeah. I I think they I don't know exactly what they use, but I would think a gallon of diesel would be like a day or two. Dang. All right. Constant. Yep. That's legit. So you figure right now it's like three forty for a gallon. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, that's real cheap heat. So yeah, nice. there's people using them to heat their boats. Yeah. Uh, heat their like garden sheds out behind their house. Yep. Heat their whole garages. It's crazy. Heat a little shop. Yep. 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 So yeah, and Dang. then battery wise, so I was looking too. I mean, they'll pull ten amps trying to warm that glow plug up. So I'm going to eventually get it working off a DeWalt battery, but I'm going to use a Power Wheels battery right off the bat. <laughs> oh, there you go. I got an AGM 12-volt, 12 12-amp 12 battery that I'll run. Oh, is that the one you pulled out of Henry's yep. Power Wheel? Yep, running off yeah, the Power Wheels go. for a little while, see how that runs. Yeah, why not? Yep. So anyway, that's nice. the plan. It'll be, it'll be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Try and get yeah, it uh, the, installed the and tested out. The thing I'm a little concerned about is the maiden voyage will probably be on Mississippi. Oh, I'll get it out here this weekend. You'll get it out. You'll have it installed and running before. Oh, yeah. Well, before then. I might be up all night, but dang it. It'll be in the shelter. Good. Yeah, I don't want that to be the maiden voyage. Yeah, really, your your vacation time's not not the time to be testing out gear. No, seeing if it's no, going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, we can uh, take a quick break and, and catch up on some other topics afterwards. How's that sound, Brett? Yep, sounds good, man. All right, awesome. Well, we'll catch you after the break on... The Short Rod Show. Ben, where have you been? We've got a Short Rod Show episode to drop here in a half an hour. Ah, shoot. I've been outside blowing snow in my driveway for the last hour. Jeez, give me a break, Brett. Man, you just got to hire that out. I don't know. Like, how would I find someone that could do it? I don't know. I just look up on Google. Yeah, that could work, but how do I know they're any good? All I know is that the best companies use Evergrow Marketing to show up on Google. Yeah, that's a good point. I know Evergrow Marketing is a digital marketing agency that provides straightforward solutions for local service businesses. Yeah, but what does that mean? Well, Brett, it means if your business relies on leads and inquiries from your surrounding area, they'll take care of your website, make sure you're showing up on search engines like Google, and make your phone ring with new business. They've worked with landscaping and lawn care companies, roofing contractors, car dealers, hospitals, banks and credit unions, and more. If you own or work for a business that could use a little help with the digital side of your marketing, check them out over at evergrowmarketing.com. Also, tell them that Ben and Brett over at the Short Rod Show sent you, and they'll knock 10% off your first bill. You know, Brett, I was poking around on Facebook the other day, and I could just not find the Short Rod Show. What's the deal? Oh, you just got to punch us in on Google. What do you mean? We show up on Google already? Oh, yeah. The Evergrow team hooked us up. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. I'll try that now. Yeah, right. You just punch in Short Rod Show, and we'll come up on our website, shortrodshow.com. It'll come up on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So people can find us all over now. Yeah, all over the internet. That's great. We're also on Instagram, too. I've been trying to keep up with that, posting some cool pictures. When we're out on the ice, you can check us out there, too. Yeah. Sweet updates. Awesome. Check us out, guys. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for following along with us through the break. Uh, today, we are going to wrap up the show here, chatting about some jigging techniques that Brett's all fired up about. Um, when Brett gets a few spare minutes on YouTube, he finds some gems. And we're yeah. talking like finding the info within the video that yep. I, I saw it and I missed. I missed it. 
And well, really, I guess what I list, what I'm looking for when I'm watching those videos is, what, I don't care what they're talking about to be honest. What I look for is what are they doing? You there know, you I go. want a zoomed out image, and I want to see how they're jigging. I want to see, you know, their posture, what they're putting on the jig, how they're putting it on the jig, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that that's something where like you're really dialed in on that. <laughs> I yep. see some flashy stuff catch my eye, and I'm like, "Ooh, look at that! That's cool." And then I'm off doing something else, kind of half watching, <laughs> half not, kind of listening to what they're talking about, and then come back in. And it's like, "Oh, well, shoot, that wasn't at all what Brett said it was about." Yeah, what is he talking? About? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to call out the video and go from uh, there? Yeah, I guess a little bit. So I was catching, uh, I was watching uh, Jay Siemens. He's got a video here this past week or something like that he put out. Uh, Fishing walleyes with uh, John Hoyer on Devil's Lake. Yes. And I was just watching how Hoyer was jigging for, well, perch and walleye, I guess, what they were catching. Uh, And I just thought it was kind of a unique way that he was jigging versus the way Jay was wanting to jig him up. And then it just kind of got me thinking. I was like, you know what? We just, just do a topic on this for the podcast. Talk a little bit about, you know, just kind of basic, how do you jig? And then kind of, how do you kind of determine, you know, how should you jig based on the mood of the fish? Oh, yeah. And then also, you know, jigging, understanding the action of those jigs, as well as the type of rod you're running to get that action out of those jigs in the first place. Yeah, that's that's a good point, because, like, when we were fishing recently – there is definitely a huge difference between three different guys fishing the same spot yep. and the kind of action that you were getting over what we were getting. Oh yeah, definitely. So you had it down. We did not. <laughs> well, I mean, I still had them coming through. I wasn't necessarily catching them, but they'd at least come look at me for a minute. Yep. But, uh, yeah. So Ben, I'm going to let you kind of steer me and All right. we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of roll on. All right. That sounds good. So talking about, uh, talking about how you would approach the jigging with fish attitudes. So negative, yep. neutral, or just fired up fish. What does that look like? Yeah. So I guess, uh, the very first thing that I'm looking for, uh, is I'd be holding, you know, trying to call in fish regardless of what I've got on the screen. If I don't have anything on the screen, you know, you're, you're doing a fairly aggressive, large, you know, maybe six to eight to 12 inch, rips or some of your jigs every so often just to see if you can call in fish get your get their attention see what's going on um but then really from there i like to let my let the fish kind of dial in on how i'm going to proceed to jig after them so like if i see a fish coming in fairly quickly my first reaction is to try and pull that jig away from the fish about as quickly as it's coming into the jig so that you know, it doesn't really get a good look at it. It's not really able to sit there and stare at it. Um, I mean, we've all sat there and had our jig there, and you're like, eat it, eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just holding it dead still, and they're just staring at it. Um, and sometimes that's definitely the case, you know, when you got negative fish, and they just don't want to chase. They don't want to do anything. Um, then you kind of got to just hold it there and wait for them to lick it or bite it or whatever. But uh, I think just as often as I get bit, moving it away from them fairly quickly and they just want to come up and strike at it. They yeah. don't get a real good look at it, but they, they see something's there and they're like, yeah, let's try it. Let's take a bite. And if I don't like it, we'll spit it back out. Well, 
by the time they spit it back out, ideally you got the hook set. Yep. Uh, you're ready to roll. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool watching them actually do that, pulling pulling baits away. Yep. <laughs> I mean, pretty hard and fast. Oh, yeah. On, and on I mean, they fish. were very – one thing I noticed in that video was instead of, you know, kind of, you know, lackadaisical jigging strokes as they were bringing them up, they were very sharp, like, jigs. Like, they were in a pretty stiff rod, and they were very sh- sharp jigging action as they were pulling it away even, which I don't know if that I typically even do that. I think I'm more – Thinking about it, I think I'm more just kind of pull the jig away. I'm not like doing a jigging action as I'm pulling the jig away. Uh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, more. You're most of the time I'm doing a linear just pull. Yep. But just then pull I up. mean, there's he still had his jigging cadence going like crazy. Yeah, still rocking it up, which I thought was interesting and probably something I should try as we go get more into it and yeah. understand how those fish are reacting and what they think about it. But yeah, why um, why are we paying attention to that guy's? tips though what's what's the big deal does he oh, know I what he's know. talking about yeah john hoyer yeah he definitely oh, knows okay. what he's talking about <laughs> that was a sarcastic yeah. question <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny yeah so uh, he's no, like that's just something i guess whenever i'm watching any sort of videos that's really kind of what i'm looking for is how they're jigging what they're doing and then also if there's ever any underwater footage i'm also fairly interested in seeing how the fish react to the jigs but yeah uh, otherwise it's all just fluff on most of those videos yeah, and that that's what we're trying to provide for you guys too is is some more of the technical kind of stuff, the the going down the rabbit hole stuff. Yep. And not like, oh yeah, you know, we caught a fish today. Yep. Sweet. So <laughs> I would add on to there a little bit, you know, that would be kind of it could go both ways with that kind of technique where you're pulling the jig away from the fish as fast as the fish is coming up to it. Um that could in a negative mood, that could get them to bite just because it's more of a reactionary bite. But then also an aggressive, you know, they want to fly up and get it. Uh, but then that there could also be the case, and, you know, you just kind of got to study it. And when you get two or three fish in, just try different things. But um, then, yeah, maybe you do have to hold it. I mean, we've definitely been on bites where you have to hold that jig dead, dead still. Otherwise, they're just swimming right past it. Yep. Uh, which is equally as frustrating when that happens. But um, Yep. And those can be difficult also. And it's cool watching those guys on the live scope. You know, Jay does a good job in his videos. Of course, I mean, he's a video videographer of showing you exactly what they're looking at at the same time as you're watching the two guys jig differently with slightly different baits. So one was running like the micro dinner, dinner bell Jay was, and then John was running like the three ace version. Yep. And you can just see the difference in how they approach it. And they both caught nice fish. Um, oh, yeah. That <clears throat> when they doubled up on a couple of walleyes, that was pretty cool. But you could definitely tell one was catching more over the other. Yep. Yep. At the same time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're still going to catch fish. It's just whether you want to catch ten, five fish or ten fish yeah. uh, is usually what that kind of stuff comes down to. Which so, so would you say your, your schoolie rods would be stiff enough where – the motions that you're making while you're jigging are pretty much pretty distinct. Um, uh, a or little, I don't know. Cause I, there's a lot of weight of that, that your all your jig weight rests on the spring bobber. It, yeah. So your spring bobber adds a little extra flex, I think. Yeah. It adds a little bit of a float, a little bit of float. I would, as how I would describe it to the jig as you're doing your jigging motion. Now there are times where I'll use it. Um, and I think it, it adds a little bit of noise down there is when I jig up, kind of aggressively and that spring bobber will hit the tip of the rod 
it'll make kind of like a little clank noise. And I think that noise travels down the line and puts a little little bit more vibration on your on your jig sometimes. The Southern Iowa fish collar. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern <laughs> Missouri fish collar. <laughs> there you go, Northern uh, Missouri. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that adds a little bit of noise to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't with the schoolie. I I don't think I could really effectively jig anything over maybe an eighth ounce. Because um, yeah. then at that point, it's just holding the your spring bobber down, and you're not at that point. You got no sensitivity or anything to to what's going on underneath the uh, at the other end of your line. So. Um, yeah, if you get into those heavier baits, then the schoolie's probably not the not the go-to thing. But uh, definitely for some of the lighter jigs, I think that's that's the way to go. Um, is like you like the Cadis, you know, those sharp. I, I really like a sharp uh, jig with the Cadis, and then let it go slack line and kind of mm-hmm. fall down. Yep. Um, I really like that that kind of a jigging action. Um, but you can also tight line it, you know, when you jig up and then let it go down, but keep your line tight. Um, but then also, yeah, jig up and let it, let the line go slack and let the jig or spoon fall, you know, however it might want to fall, shoot off to the side, that sort of stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of options, a lot of things that you can do just through jigging cadence. That Well, yeah, and I, and I know I'm guilty of it too, but just falling into your same old patterns, like try something yep. new, you know, the tight lining thing, like lots of guys don't do that. Uh, oh, yeah. they're just flicking their rod up and all right, right back down again. Yep. Well, you know, maybe a little more deliberate action. Um, there's lots of different things you can do. And, and I know, uh, like the bull whip that I run most of the time has a pretty good range of baits that I can jig effectively. Yep. But like you said, I mean, there's, there's definitely a time for a stiffer rod with some of those bigger spoons and, and blade baits. Uh, yeah. And that's just to get, get like the crispness out of that, out of that rip. Um, otherwise, yeah, you get a little bit of, a little bit of wobble, a little bit of float out of the super sensitive tips, but then yeah, having the stiffer rod, you lose some of your sensitivity then and bite detection. Yeah. Some of those, a little bit of give and take. Those ultralight panfish rods. I mean, really some of them have zero backbone for doing that (laughs) where, I mean, you, you'd be lucky to get a good jig on, on a Cadis that's tiny, Yep. you know, otherwise a tungsten dropper jig is too heavy for them. Yep. (laughs) You're basically bending over. Yep. Yep. Well, cool. No, that's that sounds good. That's kind of what yeah. I was surprised about after watching that because I guess I wasn't looking for the visual cues. I was kind of expecting a play-by-play. Oh, then to sit down and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And Brett's got the gems digging through yeah. the videos, finding. Yeah, you got to kind of watch some of that stuff. why this guy was better than, uh, than Jay. <laughs> Caught a few more. For sure. Yep. Uh, and I guess that leads a little bit into rod selection too. Uh, you know, we've had questions before like, oh, what's a good walleye rod? What's a good bluegill rod? What's a good crappie rod? And I guess, and I think I've said this before in previous seasons is, I don't know, to me it's any rod would reel in any fish. It just depends on what kind of line you have spooled up on it. Uh, where I'm be more focused on is the size of lure that I'm wanting to use to catch that fish in the first place. Yep. Um, and then having the appropriate rod that can handle the weight or action of that lure is is probably, I guess that's kind of where my focus is at anyways. Um, yeah, I don't want a ultralight pickle stick or, uh, you know, whatever, and trying to run. Uh, or like that, uh, what was that spoon we had last year in Minnesota that I was ripping up 
real ripping on that pike uh origami spoon i think the origami blade on. yep that thing was pretty sick i did like that yeah that uh and that was a deal where you i mean i was ripping that thing as aggressively as i could to get that pike to bite um and he did finally bite but i didn't get a very good hook set in him because i had a rod that was too flimsy for it but yep uh yeah, and that, I mean, that that was an exact case where I didn't have the rod that I needed, and I was just ripping the heck out of that sucker, and then just didn't have any backbone left to set the set the hook once the once Pike did decide to bite it. Yeah, yep, definitely, and and, and you guys can test that too with with your rods before you're buying them or or yep. when you're checking them out. You know, just give the give the tip a little bend and see simulate an eighth ounce weight on the end, yep. um, or heck. Rig it up, bring a jig. And see how how it loads bring, up, and especially blade, that yeah. load up, you know, is is super important with like crappie fishing. Um, you know, you don't want it too stiff of a rod, and then you're not going to be able to see an upbite because you want that the little bit of that tip to load up uh, with the jig weight, just so that if the crappie does bite it up, you can see that the tip of your rod rise up a little bit. Yep. Uh, get your hook set. So, uh, yeah, there's a few things to consider there when you're when you're considering rods and uh, what kind of fish your target species is anyways. Yep. And, and on that, on that video, so right off the bat, you see Jay talking about, you know, um, why the heck would people ask me, why the heck would I leave Lake of the Woods and come down and fish North Dakota? Right. And sure. he goes over and stays at Jason Mitchell's garage. Yeah. How I'd sick come down was and, that? I'd come up to North Dakota also. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And he just waltzes in there like, Hey, what's up, Jason? And Jason's over by his like workbench of just uh fifty ice rods hanging on there that he's just yeah. working out and tuning and every testing. Bait, every may ever made. He's yeah, got like five hundred Plano cases down there stacked. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty sweet. And then that the UTV, the the ranger that with the tracks, the heated seats he said. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. diesel heater in the back. Ridiculous. <laughs> my gosh just pretty cool yeah, and then his office too that's that's cool he does like his podcast office yep. down there on the other side got some regular offices 34 inch walleye replica yeah yeah that thing was a hog gosh yeah that's yeah. pretty cool to, to catch a fish like that and then to release it that's pretty cool Jeez. he's like yep let it let it it didn't even know, occur fish to another day no, yeah. exactly. Bumped it quick. That's pretty cool. Toss her back. Yeah. So that's pretty slick. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I'm not sure I would have been able to do that. Man, a 34. At, at that point, it can't get much bigger, right? You, that's no. kind of what I see. I would think it'd be close to the end of its life. Yeah, like, all right, this is kind of its last run. No yeah. hard feelings, you know? But Who knows? Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know if I'll ever be in that position. <laughs> we can, one can only hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Well, good deal. I like it. Yeah. I guess I got one more comment on the, on the jigging stuff. Go is for it. To really kind of try to get an idea of what your bait looks like with different jigging cadences or strokes or however you want to, you know, hit it. Uh, you know, set up a glass of water, set up a little tank or something, drop those baits down and see what's going on. Um, especially, you know, if you're running spoons and stuff, get an idea of how far does that spoon kick off to the side? What's that spoon do? You know, if I 
if I do rip it up quick and then just let it slack line down, what, what is that spoon doing? Um, or, you know, if I tight line it down, is the spoon just going straight down or does it still get some action to it? Um, I think what, what would surprise a lot of folks is even when you try to hold that bait dead still, there's still some action going on down there. Um, I mean, you got your heartbeat that's rolling through the rod or whatever. Uh, so yeah, just get an idea of what your baits are doing down there when you're, when you're in the heat of the moment, you got to try to figure out what's, what works and what doesn't. It's a good, it helps a lot to understand what's going on down, uh, under the ice that you're sending down there. Yep. And I like your comment too earlier on the underwater camera footage. I mean, that's priceless. Yeah. When you can get oh, a good yeah. angle on a fish interacting with your bait. Oh yeah. That is money. To me, that is the, that's the value of the of the underwater camera. Um, it's just you, we we bounce around so much, and you know you, you completely miss it if there's any sort of suspended fish bite. And you're kind of set just within that picture of the camera, so you kind of need to be on some schools or something like that, or sitting over brush um, would be the ideal situation for for the camera. I think. Yep. Yep. Maybe uh, maybe next year we'll get in on a. I yo-yo or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have some kind of camera again. I do miss I see that. Now that, now that I saw that Jesse was running that test and I see it pop up on forums and stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. I think they're just cranking out a pile of those. Just yeah. blast them all over. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, they are pretty cool in that little suitcase. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not quite fitting in your pocket size, but. Oh, that's fine. That's all right. I don't know. I like that aqua view. I like the, that little that little pocket aqua view looks pretty slick. Oh, I know. Yep. Yeah, maybe next year. We'll yeah. see. There's always next year. Always next year. That's for sure. But yeah, we do have our, our Mississippi trip coming up. That'll be in a few weeks. Get some content out to you guys on that. Uh, and like I said, stay tuned for the diesel heater story. Yeah. I'm really I'm excited about that. See how that thing goes. Yep. Uh, that might be a, that'd be a little bit of a game changer doing that, especially on some real sub-zero cold, cold days. Yep. Uh not having to frost up and have it raining inside your shack. Yep. And I, I would really like to just post something for all the, all the people that just hated on it. Like, well, yeah, you're going to, you're going to pump, pump your shelter full of carbon monoxide. That's a maybe, terrible uh, idea. maybe you end up spilling a half gallon of diesel in the bottom of your sled and it freaking smells like diesel for the rest of your life. <laughs> that probably smell better than it does right now. <laughs> Why not? Rather than dead minnows and yeah, exactly. uh, half empty minnow lights. Yep. And all the oh man. Yeah. That the one year where we dumped a minnow bucket in there, that kind of yeah. that was the, the beginning of the end of oh, it. Oh, I've got some dead shad still sloshed around the bottom of mine from, there you go. from that package of shad about earlier this <laughs> Just lovely. Good thing it yeah, stays uh, out in the cold most of the time. Good, yeah, good thing it's cold. Wait till it warm it up. Stink up yet. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how it goes. Oh, geez. My goodness. But, yeah, it's going to be cold here for the near future, which is good. Yeah, 10 days. Man. I don't think there's any any uh, any temps above freezing for the 10 days. So that's yeah. sweet. We're not normally yeah, this we lucky. We can definitely start hitting up some southern Iowa water. I'm pretty Ooh, jazzed about it. Yep. Uh, really flies under the radar during ice season. Yeah, definitely. Yep. That'll be cool. Everyone else is going north. We'll be heading south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't hear people talk about that very often. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thanks for joining along with us. That was a good episode here. Brett being remote from his his neck of the woods and yep. down o- over in the studio. Heck yeah. Yep. Good deal. Well, we'll catch you guys next week on. 
The Short Rod Show. 